Okay. Let's get into some football talk from the past week. We'll start with Ole Miss. Ole Miss took down Liberty. Ole Miss looked like they could storm out in front at the very beginning of the game. Liberty stuck around. Very emotional homecoming for Hugh Freeze, Mississippi guy. Some interesting things that happened after the game regarding Hugh Freeze and some tweets that were made by Ole Miss and then were taken down and Lane Kiffin apologizing. But Ole Miss wins 27-14. to Trolled Hugh Freeze. Ole Miss is so hurt. And Ole Miss is getting game day this week. I don't have high hopes, honestly. We're going to need some type of wild Grove day and some Katy Perry magic, I think, to pull this one off just because of injuries. Lane Kiffin came out and said, like, this is going to be the most improved team in the country, and they're pretty good right now, but, like, they will be the most improved team in the country when it comes to bowl time because they're going to get, like, half their more than half of their offense back. But what else did you all see, Bo, in this Ole Miss game? You know, anything of note? Uh, I mean, we can say what we want about Matt Corral. Jerry and Ely look great to start the game. It's just I cannot get over how hurt this team is. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it the last few weeks. Injuries are definitely a problem. Um Lane actually talked about it in his on-field interview, I think. They asked him after the game, what do you need to do to take on Texas A&M next week? And I think his answer was, we need to get healthy. Um, That's very clearly the problem. That being said, I mean, like, there was a lot of things to like about this game. The final score was only a 13-point difference, but this is a pretty good Liberty team. This I've seen some mock drafts that have this uh, – what's the Liberty quarterback's name? It's um, – Yeah, I've seen some mock drafts that have him as the second quarterback off the board. So this, this is not a Liberty team to take for granted, and, and honestly, Ole Miss really manhandled them all day. Uh, the 14 points came pretty late and really wasn't threatening. It was kind of garbage time points. So. so 15 NFL teams represented at that game with scouts last week. Some teams sending wow. upwards of five scouts to that game to see Matt Corral, and you've got to think Malik Willis as well. Yeah. Um, so really well, Corral definitely, Corral definitely got the better of that. And yeah. you saw what we saw at Auburn with Malik Willis, and that was inconsistency. Um, Yeah, there's a great physical skill set there, but he's not going to be the number two quarterback taken off the board. He should not be a first-round quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Somebody probably will uh, take a flyer on him because there are going to be a lot of teams in the market for quarterbacks this coming year. But, no, if Ole Miss's defense makes you look bad, there's something seriously wrong. Well, they're the team that lost to Monroe, right? Yeah. Like, something's something's wrong there. I mean, inconsistency might be the best word, to, or the nicest word for it. But Liberty is not the Liberty of last year, and Malik Willis probably isn't the Malik Willis of last year either. Moving into the Big Ten, Michigan State upset by Purdue. I And I know I jinxed this. I said it on the show last week. 
if there's anything Auburn Matt has taught us, it's to not bet against Michigan State this year. And I said, I probably just jinxed it right there. And, of course, it was Purdue. Like, it's always Purdue that is going to do this. Like, Purdue's the one who's going to beat Ohio State every few years. Purdue gets Michigan State here. Michigan State goes down 40 to 29. I'll be honest, I did not get to see one snap of this game. The uh, the similar the similar thing happened in 2015 with D'Antonio's team, how they were eight zero and then they lost to Nebraska, I think. But then they ended up still making the college football playoff. So I mean, there's still more to play for. They just gotta. The Ohio State game was already gonna have to be like a must win game. I mean, Penn State couldn't do it. Um, Oregon did do it, but that's not a conference loss for them. So. I mean, Ohio State's going to like steamroll Michigan, I think. But, I mean, Michigan State, it's like Michigan State and Wisconsin are the over, and then I, then Purdue every now and then. And I think Iowa that one time, I think consistently it's only like Wisconsin and Michigan State that beat Ohio State. And then, like, recently, like, Wisconsin's just gotten, like, skull drugged by, uh, you know, Ohio State. Because Wisconsin, like, what is it? They only had, I think, four four-stars on their roster, but I guess they have a really good strength and conditioning. And they, you know, they pull the, the old Nebraska model, how they play, where it's just run the ball. Like, right now, like, their quarterback is, like, non-existent. So they just hand it off to the running back constantly. And it's working for them now, but, <clears throat> I mean, they just, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to beat Ohio State. But, yeah, that, that one was kind of hard to, to, to watch because I was – Everybody in the stadium was yelling, "Yeah, they lost. That's better for us chance for our chances." And I was just like, "Damn, shut the fuck up, bro! Like, I don't need to hear that." So, A&M has no shot. A&M has no shot. Let's just write them off right now. They're not going to the playoffs. I just don't see how. Like, what is it? You lose to Arkansas and then you lose to Mississippi State at home, but then you beat Alabama and the media media goes into a huge frenzy. I mean, I think Jimbo Fish. I mean, I guess it's his starting, like I said, his starting quarterback broke his foot, but still, it's like everybody's trying to hype up Jimbo better than he really is. He's not that good of a coach. You got Jameis Winston, like, and then one good year last year, and that's about it. Like, I don't know. Well, if you can beat Alabama and Auburn the way the refs cater to those two teams, you got to be saying, you got to be saying something about your team. I think you're right Thanks, with the, that Ohio State will beat Michigan handily. Michigan, a one-point dog as the number seven team in the nation going to Penn State, an unranked, a now unranked Penn State team. And they are going in as the number seven team as a dog into Happy I think Valley. That, was a, that was a pick them, I think, from what I saw. I think it was yesterday or today. So yeah, when I, I think looked, I'd pick Penn State to probably do that. When I looked uh, a little bit before the show, they were a one-point dog. Coming back into the SEC, something that, you know, I knew LSU wasn't going to be able to pull it off, but I was rooting so hard. I was pretty uh, I was pretty partied out at that point, but I was watching on the couch, and that's all, all I wanted to see because if that had happened, then there was a back-end way that Ole Miss could get it, could get to Atlanta if LSU had won that game. But that's not what happened. LSU goes down 20-14. to 14. They got so close at the end, too. They just could not they, – they were in the red zone. They just could not physically get the ball any further than that. I think like two or they three were times. Inside the, they were inside the 10-yard line. Like two like or three times at the end of the game. Yeah. But they were like, 
there's something seriously wrong with this Alabama team. They had more penalties than they had rushing yards in this game. They had six rushing yards. That says a lot. And they had eight or nine penalties. <laughs> Who would have thought that from a Saban coach team that has had Heisman Trophy winning running backs? You know, they they can't run the football. And talk about a team that's hurt. Talk about a team that is missing a ton of guys. LSU was down like 18 starters from opening day to now. And they almost won in Brian Denny with a lame duck coaching staff. And there's a reason why they're lame ducks, not just Kojo philandering, but that offensive play calling at the end of the game was atrocious. You're a little bit cherry-picking stats, though. I mean, they threw for 302 yards. They played good defense. They had five yards of play. When's the last time that Alabama was held to 350 or less yards of total offense? Wasn't that the 2017 Iron Bowl? It's a long time. Probably. That was the last time somebody held them to 14, or like somebody... uh, or yeah, somebody scored that few points or whatever. Going to the east, we see Florida, who was just absolutely abysmal. I think they put up a fight against Bama. That was, I think, that was the last breath that Florida had. Was really that Alabama game and trying to climb back. But after that, it's been kind of downhill. Florida has a losing record now. They lose forty to seventeen at South Carolina. Anthony Richardson hurt his knee dancing in the team hotel on Friday night. Not quite sure what all that was about. And then on Sunday. Right after he cleared concussion protocol, too. Hey, man, he was celebrating. His brains were working. They scanned his cat. He could play. Defensive coordinator Todd Grantham out. Offensive line coach John Hevesy. Do not know how to say that. He's out. I think the guy taking over the play calling for defense is the linebackers coach. Linebackers coach. Yeah, C. Rob. He went to he went to Georgia. Um, is Dan Mullen done? I think he survives the year, uh, but I was seeing some people make fun of it um, today. Kind of the same thing with like uh, Scott Frost. It's like, hey, these people around you. Like, like, the university is behind you. You're our guy. Don't mind these people who are packing up their cars and leaving town that we just fired. Uh, you're fine. But I think Dan Mullen makes it to next year. After that, I don't know. It's like, a, uh, like if you just hold me at the beginning of the year, Scott Frost be fired? No. Dan Mullen gets another year. Scott Frost gets another year. I think Dan Mullen should be done. I think you're right, though. No, I, I didn't think say that, he, that he shouldn't be gone. I'm just saying yeah. that he won't be. I think this is one where, A, he has completely lost the locker room. He has lost the respect of so many people. And it's a direct result of him being a dumbass and opening his mouth about you know, recruiting and all of that stuff. But... You know, if I'm Scott Strickland and I brought him over, he was my guy because I got him at Mississippi State and I got him to come over here. 
this is one where you're flirting pretty hard behind that person's back to see if maybe somebody will jump. Uh, I There are going to be some serious overtures to coaches across the country right now out of Gainesville trying to get that to happen. I think it is going to turn into kind of like a Tommy Tuberville, Bobby Petrino situation for those Auburn fans who remember the overtures that were going on to try to get Petrino while Tommy T was still under contract. Obviously that didn't happen and thank God, but I I think that's going to be the realistic dynamic is Florida's going to go after somebody like Joe Brady. They're going to go after, you know, you know, the sexy new name and see if they can, you know, get somebody to go to Gainesville. I saw a great, uh, a great tweet that said, uh, Dan Mullen turned Mississippi state into a good middle of the road SEC West team. And he turned Florida into Mississippi State. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I think the but I think the media sort of blew it out of proportion. But the, what they were saying was, you know, I don't think it was good for Mullen last year to say, "Oh yeah, our team the last the last game this team played was the SEC championship." That just means that he endorsed them quitting in the bowl game, which the team this year looked at that and said, okay, well, I guess we can quit too. That's sort of, that's sort of what people have tried to correlate, but uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, him, him not wanting to address recruiting and him being an idiot on the mic, like uh, what's his name? The McElwain. Is that, is that, that was the coach before. He was all time stupid. They've just got some terrible gaffes going on in like the media at Florida. It's just like, damn, like they're going to get fired for that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if he, but I, I don't, I, I, I feel like it is overblown a little bit, but I don't know how he comes back from this though because he's not recruiting very well. I mean, I guess he's recruiting between uh, I don't know nine and twelve or thirteen. But if you're gonna win the, if you're gonna win the SEC, you gotta, you gotta compete with, you know, all the guys that are, you know, top five. So unless you're doing something. You know, I don't know. I don't know how he gets the momentum for recruiting. I don't know how he gets the good assistance because of all the uncertainty around him. And then I don't know. I don't know how he bounces back from this. Like, has there ever been a coach that was doing extremely well and then lost, like went way down? Has anybody ever like operated at a higher level than what he was doing? Like winning a national championship after going to what probably is going to be like four and eight this year? Like, I don't know. Coach O went two and ten. Yeah. And then went to LSU and won a national championship. Yeah, but I mean, at, at the same at the same school or whatever, in the same kind of tenure, is kind of what I'm asking. Oh, I can't think of anybody. So he's got a big task ahead of him, but he needs to. You, you got to hit recruiting hard, and you got to do better in the media, and you just got to you know sharpen the sword and get back to work next year. Well, he came out and said that they're. They're playing football right now. Recruiting can wait until the off season, so that definitely was not a great media statement. And you know he doesn't mean that fully, but still not a great statement to make. And if That's Dan Mullen, it is around the Christmas season, so if Dan Mullen does happen to be gone in the next few weeks, you can weeks you can always catch him in the role of a lifetime as cousin Eddie in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Somebody, 
somebody was saying he like tried to leak his name out to try to get the NFL job, and then nobody wanted him, and then he's never really checked in. So he's not going anywhere. What though? He's not going anywhere. I mean, come on! I he's gonna. This is his fourth year, and he's been to three New Year's Six Bowls. Like, like okay, they're having a down year for sure, but the, before before he was there, their last New Year's Six Bowl was in 2012, and he's been to three straight. There's no way they're getting rid of him. Man, the Florida right. string of coaches is just, like, not very fortunate. Like, never. Starting with Ron Zook. Yeah, sadly with Ron Zook. At least he just, like, I think Alex always puts it the right way. If anyone here knows who Ron Zook is, like, he will he will say, like, a four-paragraph statement in one breath. Like, he can't stop. It's amazing. It's like he did all, all the cocaine. Like, it is, his entire life is a run-on sentence. Yeah, I would love to be I would love to be in his class in like middle school or high school when he had to give like an oral report because he'd be done in like three minutes. It could be like a twenty page paper and he'd be done in three minutes if he had to read the entire thing. There is like at that one gator gathering, I thought he was gonna pass out. It's like, dude, take a breath, calm down, man, sip on something. Yeah, it's Ron, okay. Ron Zook has been coaching since nineteen seventy eight. He's only spent longer than three years at one job. What job was it? Illinois. Yeah. Illinois. Knew that one. I know my Ron Zook history. Yeah. The guy's had a lot of jobs. <laughs> so speaking yeah, of... People can't take him. Speaking of interesting jobs and head coaches, I did want to bring this up. We're about to get into the NFL, but I wanted to bring this up because I will forget later in the show... And once we get into picks and everything like that, wanted to bring it up now. That I didn't know until after TCU was playing last week that the interim head coach for Gary Patterson was Jerry Kill. So first game since 2000, TCU is without Gary Patterson. Jerry Kill, awesome coach, awesome story, awesome guy. His last job was Minnesota before P.J. Fleck, right? Yeah, there was, I think there might have been a guy in the, well, there was an interim guy. Yeah, because he kept having having the epilepsy. Yeah, but he brings TCU to a win last week. Players kind of rally around him. It was great to see. He was, you know, thrilled to see. Interim coach bump. It's a thing. Interim coach bump. But this week, it's it's a game that I might take on like a regular year. But I'm staying completely away from it this time. TCU against Oklahoma State. Fun fact of the week. Jerry Kill's first ever head coaching job was at Midwest City High School. And his quarterback was Mike Gundy. Jerry Kill was also Mike Gundy's biology teacher. And now they will be coaching against each other at TCU and Oklahoma State this weekend. Just something fun to say, like, this is how the world works, and it's Jerry Kill and Mike Gundy. That's wild. 
That's some Kevin Bacon shit right there. Sure is. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone that makes me just want to watch that game, I don't know what time it is. That's definitely got to be a Big Twelve day game, so I'll probably catch that. Um, I'm excited to watch that. I love Jerry Kill and I love Mike Gundy, so that'll be fun to watch. I think we're good on college football at that point. So I think, Alex, are you uh, are you ready? You have to get all. All right, hold on. Let me uh, let me get a little liquored up here. Yeah, you got to soothe the pipes. All right. What are we drinking? Wild turkey. Wild turkey. All right. All right, T-Rob, hit the music. All right, we start on Thursday night where the Jets got shocked back to reality. In this week's installment of Poop on the Jets Minute, we look no further than Mike White, who left the game after two of his fingers on his throwing hand went as numb as Auburn Matt's face. Couple that with your defense giving up 260 yards rushing, and you have the perfect recipe to lose your seventh straight night game. Colts win 45 to 30. Miami played host to the miserable between the Dolphins and Texans on Sunday. Picture, if you will, a nightmarishly disgusting gas station bathroom off of I-75, and you're starting to get into the ballpark of how ugly this game was. Nine combined turnovers. Nine. I don't want to say the Dolphins won. Rather, they didn't lose. Miami 17, Houston 9. The Cowboys' six-game winning streak came to an unceremonious end in Dallas, where the Broncos were absolutely dominant. No Von Miller, no problem for the Denver defense, who at one point held a 30-0 lead. Fun fact, this is the Broncos' seventh consecutive win in the series, a streak that goes back to 1995. Denver 30, Dallas 16. Is it just me or is every Saints-Falcon game just weird? The Saints wiped out an 18-point fourth quarter deficit only to lose on a 29-yard field goal as time expired. Trevor Simeon is now exactly 500 as a starter. Atlanta 27, New Orleans 25. On to Cincinnati where Odell Beckhamless Browns look like a friend who's back to being their old self after getting out of a toxic relationship. It also doesn't hurt when you have a 100-yard interception return for a touchdown. Interesting note, the Browns became the first team since the 1967 San Diego Chargers to record an interception return for a touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and a rushing touchdown, all of at least 60 yards in a single game. Cleveland 41, Cincy 16. There are some things in sports that are just statistically aberrant. Case in point, the Raiders are 3-16 coming off a bye week over the last 19 years. How does that even happen? I hope Daniel Jones sends the NFL scheduling office a nice thank you card for that gift. Giants 23, Raiders 16. Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts again. (laughs) Some things never change. Patriots 24, Panthers 6. Duval County was the NFL's version of Bizarro World this past weekend. 
Josh Allen sacked Josh Allen. Josh Allen picked off Josh Allen. And Josh Allen recovered a Josh Allen fumble. Don't forget that they were both the number seven overall picks in back-to-back drafts, too. Jags nine, Bills six. It's starting to feel like every week another nail gets hammered into Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins' coffins. This time, the hammer was Justin Tucker's leg when he drilled a 36-yard field goal to win it in overtime. Ravens 34, Vikings 31. Justin Herbert got the rebound game he and the Chargers so desperately needed in Philly, and now they lead the AFC West. On the other side, the Eagles' defense has now allowed five quarterbacks to complete more than 80% of their passes. Not good. Last second field goal steals it. Chargers 27, Eagles 24. Two of the highest scoring offenses of the past few years combined for 20 total points in Kansas City. They weren't expecting a lot from Jordan Love in his first ever start, but a 13-7 Chiefs win over the Packers? I didn't see that coming. James Conner leads the NFL in total touchdowns, and Colt McCoy won his third start in the last 10 years. Try to figure that one out. Cardinals 31, Niners 17. And we close on Sunday night. Who needs Derrick Henry? A week ago, we were about to crown the Rams Super Bowl champions. Now, the Titans may have unveiled the blueprint for the rest of the league to beat L.A. Titans 28, Rams 16. And that is your pump and dump NFL Rewind for week nine. Another solid pump and dump brought to you by Alex, the fastest six to eight minutes in sports brought to you each week. Nah, good, yeah. good job, man. A nine to six game. I think uh, a nine to six game in honor of the game of the century, which turned. Oh my God. However many years old this past week as well. That was 2011. That's a 10 year anniversary. Someone had to go for a nine to six game. I, I I do have a question from this week for our local. How do we feel about the Dolphins? Just generally, just feeling. <laughs> Muy mal. No bueno. Esterdad. Uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe we could start a poop on the Dolphins minute. That's oh no! I'm going to start a new segment. It's going to call. Launch a dolphin out of a cannon into the sun. <laughs> I, think, I think South Park already. Well, the South Park shot a whale to the moon. I guess you could shoot it to the sun. <laughs> yeah, whales yak. Can never this, forget this about is gonna, Yeah, never forget about whales yak. But no, this is one Dolphins team that kill it with fire. Just end it. it it's. I. The Dolphins and Auburn are going to put me in an early grave. I know that. I I have already come to accept that that is my lot in life, is that I will die young because these teams will drive me to have a stroke. Dolphins were actually second in line for the waiver wire to have a chance at OBJ. Oh, God, no. Not Odell Beckham. Oh, no. no. The Dolphins did not have the cap space to sign. OBJ, but thank they were God second we in so line. Woefully, thank God we have so woefully mismanaged our salary cap with these 
dumbass free agent signings over the last two years. And we're paying guys that aren't on the team anymore. That's a very Miami thing. I I hate this so much. I hate this so much. So have the Titans figured out like a recipe to just be good now? Like the Titans seem like yeah, I think they have. The Titans are legit, dude. That defense last night. I uh, I will give a preview hint here. I do not like what's going on with the Titans right now. So I will be picking the Titans this week to end their streak, just like I did Michigan State. That is my strategy now. Wow. Were they playing? Oh, they're playing the Saints this week, right? Yeah. And they're like not. Yeah, same thing. Going to win that game. They're three-point favorites, so Titans are three-point favorites. I think that hits. Yeah, I mean, the the Titans, like, Ryan Tannehill hasn't done a lot this season, but we know what he can do. He's so efficient. He's he's a great game manager. And he threw for, like, 156 yards yesterday. Right, but look. It's a very they, Ryan Tannehill thing to do. Yeah. Right, but it's just about winning games. He does enough to win. He does just enough to win. And, and not Miami, he didn't. But that was more of a Joe Philbin problem. And an Adam Gase problem. And, I mean, you're talking about the Saints, too. Uh, Simeon had a great week, but is he is he the answer? Philip Rivers said no. that he would listen to offers. Don't think that's going to happen, but he said that he would listen. I don't think anyone's calling, but we'll see. I did want to talk no. about this before we move into picks. I know we have one very large uh, NFL topic. It seems like the biggest NFL topic we've had to talk about in the last three or so weeks has not really been like an on-the-field issue. But first of all, before we get into the main one, I did want to note, because I'm on such an Eli Manning train right now, and I think he is the best football player like in the world, my favorite football player of all time. Three people fi- filed FCC complaints against uh, ESPN for Eli Manning's comments and hand gestures uh, towards the Philadelphia fan, play- fan base or representing the Philadelphia fan base. <laughs> One person actually wrote in and in their comment to the FCC said that they were offended because they're Eagles fans. Which I feel like that is, like, the worst basis for an argument to the FCC <laughs> ever. It's like, no, I'm a Philly sports fan. They can't do this. Eh. But... Be offended that Ben Simmons exists. <laughs> Be offended that your people ate poop off of the sidewalk. Yeah. Ben Simmons. Let's not talk about Ben Simmons. Well, what about is it Embiid the one who's getting fined because he won't go to the team therapist or whatever? No, that's that's Ben Simmons. Oh, that's ben Simmons. Yeah. Did, did I tell you all about my interaction on the streets of Philadelphia regarding Ben Simmons a few weeks ago? I don't think. I don't. I don't know if I if I shared it on the pod. The I was walking down the street. And this guy just leans out his window and he just starts, no, sorry, leans out his window of his house. The guy like opens his window of his apartment, like, I don't know, 10 stories up and just starts yelling. He goes, 
Ben Simmons, that guy is so bad. We need to get him out of here. He's such a baby. I hate Ben Simmons. He's just yelling, yelling about Ben Simmons. And this guy pulls up to a red light underneath this, rolls down his window of his car, leans out the windows and goes, yeah, man, fuck Ben Simmons. And the two of these guys yelled at each other about how much they hate Ben Simmons. That's a very (laughs) Philadelphia (laughs) thing to do. Yeah, that's the most Philadelphia I've heard, Philadelphia thing I've heard in a in a minute, yeah. so yeah. But at least they were in agreement. They let, The city is in agreement. Oh, and yeah. one says Geno's, one says Pat's, and they go and fight it out in the alley. Well, someone got, like, stabbed over Pat's there. Too. Like, because those are close by. Someone got stabbed over there a few weeks ago. Or shot. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Which yeah. It's, uh, it's dangerous getting a cheesesteak. But let's go into the, the main off-the-field NFL topic this week, and that is the Raiders' very unfortunate year is just continuing. You have the Gruden thing, you have the Henry Ruggs thing, and now you have the Damon, not Will Arnett affair. This is is bad. 2020 first-round pick, Alex, you were saying before the show that now both of the Raiders' 2020 first-round draft picks have been cut within the same week or within like seven days of each other, both for off-the-field issues. Yeah, this is is all-time bad. And watching Bo watch the video for the first time was almost as good as watching the video itself. (laughs) And... For those who don't know, Damon Arnett was posting a video response to somebody who was, quote, trolling him in his DMs and just filming himself walking through his house with his arsenal of some weapons. I didn't even know what the hell that like two of those things were, and I, I, this was an an armory. Yeah, and he, first of all, if you're gonna make a death threat to somebody, don't post it online. Um, I, I think that's just that is the Herm Edwards and the rookie symposium talking about social media. When it's like, if you can't say it in front of your grandmama at Sunday dinner, don't press send. Yeah. This was one of those don't press send moments, though. Oh yeah, and I mean, as you as you said, like the don't know what those guns were. The first weapon that he pulled out, I'm I'm fairly certain was some sort of turret. Like I remember using it. You remember in the Halo video game, you get up on that big truck with the turret and start gunning down aliens. I'm pretty sure that's what he was walking around with. This was. Just unbelievable. Yeah, what can, is going on in Vegas? You could commit some war crimes with that. Oh, yes, yeah. you could. Oh, yeah. I could take over a small Caribbean nation with that thing. <laughs> this guy was, he thought he was a real raider. Literally. Now yeah. I own Suriname. What, hey. what is going on in Vegas? I mean, is it like, is it becoming like a culture of this? I mean, And it's all different stuff. I'm going to chalk this one up to... Abject stupidity? 
No, Damon Arnett, product of the Ohio State University and recruited by Urban Meyer. I think there that gives go. us a preview, a glimpse into the future after we've seen what Urban Meyer-led teams and Urban Meyer recruits can do. But that's too simple. I mean, what happened with Ruggs? What's the deal with Gruden? I, it, well, it, the, the crazy thing with, with Ruggs is that is how his childhood best friend died. Apparently, it was in a horrific he, speeding accident. Apparently, he also had a loaded weapon in the car. Oh, well, I, that makes sense. I heard that from someone. I don't know how true that is, but I heard that. And then there were videos of his, you know, from his girlfriend when he is going like 140 on a residential street last year, and she's begging him to stop, and he's just laughing. It gets worse. It, the more stuff comes out about this, the worse it gets, and the longer he is going to spend in prison. Mm. Because I'm, if I'm a prosecutor, and Bo, obviously, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week, but I'm not putting a deal on the table. Arrest her, I'm too. Not. No. She's in the cop at this point. At this point, you are absolutely not putting a deal on the table. You're going to jail for 20. At this rate, we're going to have to build another prison. We're going to have to put it next door. Next to the the training facility? Yeah. To Allegiant Stadium? Yeah. I mean, the Raiders are they're going to be out of players. Everybody's going to Like, put a hold on their contracts and just put them in stadium jail for 20 years. Yeah, I guess. Well, jail is less than a year. Stadium no, prison. This is, this is stadium prison. Stadium prison. What is that? Uh, Max Security Stadium prison. <laughs> Raider Penitentiary. The Supermax Arena. Oh, freaking yikes. Your, uh, your one hour of outside time is you have to go out there and try to actually hit that Sebastian Janikowski like 70-something yard field goal. Yikes. That he missed 40 yards to the right. Oh, man. Speaking of uh, 70-yard field goals, um, the, the Denver kicker, McManus, they almost let him try one. 68 yards. He was out there on the field begging the coach. They didn't end up doing it. But, um, that means you know he hit from 70 in warm-up. Oh, yeah. And you knew he was going to hit it, too. I'm so sad they didn't do it. But they were up by a lot. They they steamrolled this week. Denver looks really good. That division looks insane. Dallas, I think, got exposed for being frauds. Yeah. Yeah. And this was with Dak back. He is by no means back, though. There's still something, there's still something wrong. Speaking of there being something wrong, is Patrick Mahomes, like, hurt? Like, there's got to be something weird happening there. Because that did not – that was not him. Yeah, but it's it's what he's been all year, though. I know. That's why I'm thinking that maybe he never got over the Super Bowl. You know, maybe he's still got something lingering there. Well, he had that surgery, like, right afterwards, right? Yeah, the week after the Super Bowl. But it's like the surgery doesn't explain decision-making. You know, it doesn't, like, 
like a lot of this is he just looks he looks like he's regressed as he has quarterback not not as an athlete as a quarterback he absolutely has because and I, and I think I know exactly what you're talking about there were a number of times not just in this last game but throughout the entire year where he's had a perfectly formed pocket and instead of stepping up and driving a throw he tries to make everybody think that he's a wizard and he rolls out and just backpedals and now he's 18 yards and he throws it into the eighth row to the popcorn guy. Yeah. It's like, why are you bailing on this? But maybe also teams are starting to figure this team out. Like how many times can you run a drag route with Tyreek Hill? How many times can you run Kelsey up the seam and then not start to tee off? It's happening. So Andy Reid always, remember the four straight NFC championships he went to in Philly? People figured him and Donovan McNabb out in a few years, and it was over. I think that's happening right now in Kansas City. I mean, I'm I'm not ready to say all that, but I would agree with you up until the very end, and if it just keeps up, then maybe I'll be there with you. I mean, you're right. They lose this game if Aaron Rodgers is playing quarterback, and now that's just another. They get whacked if whack. Rodgers is playing. Like, and I, yeah, we we briefly touched on that last week because it was just breaking as as we were going on air. Ooh. Yeah, everything's off the field. Everything we're talking about is off the field. Yep, every week now. Do we still have Auburn Matt around here? Yeah, I'm just listening. All right, there we go. for you, man. I mean, I missed all this because of my escapade, so. Ah, true. But, yeah, you were pretty busy. Yeah, but I, I, would, I would say it's probably because, I mean, yeah, people figured him out for um, Mahomes, definitely. Um, I know everybody's bitching about him in fantasy. There's this guy, the guy in my league's like, Damn it! I have Mahomes and uh, Tyreek Hill, and I'm doing awful. It's like, okay, well, that's literally just roll a safety high and have him sit there, and you can beat Patrick Mahomes. Um, The one funny thing that was just kind of way out of left field because Tyrod Taylor has historically been a Dolphins killer. He, I think fell to four and two lifetime as a starter against us. Um, but Tyrod Taylor got absolutely eaten by the turf monster, just going back to pass on a crucial down late in the game. And I could not stop laughing. It, Cause I'm like, this guy should be a dolphin. This Tyrod Taylor and Jacoby Brissett are starting an NFL game against each other. God, I I hate this so much. There were no, nine. Like I, would, I would much rather have the Chiefs' problem than than the Dolphins' problem right now. Nine turnovers in that game. That's as many points. We had five of them. That's as many points as the Jaguars scored in a win over the Buffalo Bills. That's That's as many points, Father Pat. Yes, that was bad. You know, you, no, you know who should be a Dolphin, and we'll stick with the quarterback theme is Kirk Cousins. Oh, no. no. Not a guy. No. 
talk about a guy who could like put up numbers and look so good and then just never win. Just never I, win. No. I will start rooting for Mexican soccer teams. <laughs> I will abandon the NFL. <clears throat> just abandon it. On Chivas. Yeah. It's like Tigres. Let's go. I think Kirk All Cousins. All in on Veracruz this year. Kirk Cousins. Kirk's the guy. Kirk Cousins seems like the guy who should permanently be banished to the two worst divisions in football. Or, like, I feel like the most miserable ones to play in. The NFC East and the NFC and North. the AFC. Oh, I was going to say the AFC South. No, it's just, like, it's not pleasant to play in the NFC North. Like, a much better division. Like, it's pleasant to play in Jacksonville? That's warm. Except yeah, like, in London. yeah, you get Duval. I would much rather play in Duval than, you know, I mean, like, Lambeau Field is cool in its own way, but it's cold as hell there. It's Chicago, cool. it is cold as hell there. Detroit, at least you get to play in a dome, but it's, it's still Detroit that you're living in. Stafford seems to be pretty happy now that he left. I mean, Lions are going to be looking for a quarterback after this year. Mm. They, they really, that's a problem. Kirk Cousins doesn't deserve to be, uh, he doesn't deserve to be, like, south of the Mason-Dixon. He doesn't deserve, like, the warm weather. And he went no. to, he went to Michigan State, right? So he's, like, yes, he's a, he's a up there, like, lifer. That's right where he Nick, belongs. Nick Foles did, too. I think they were in the same kind of class, but he had a transfer to Arizona. So, Bo, don't you put that curse on us wishing him down to sunny Miami. It was uh, it was cool today out, and it was it still got to, like, 78 degrees. We don't need Kirk Cousins. He'd be fine if he wasn't getting paid what he's getting paid. Like, if he was making $19 million a year, awesome. Give me Chase Daniels yeah. over over Kirk Cousins. That's a good That's actually a good conversation. I would much rather take Daniels. Okay, what about Colt McCoy? He won his third game in a decade. I was going to say, would you rather be Colt McCoy or Chase Daniels? I mean, I would much rather be Chase because you're getting paid literally out the ass to throw, what, like four passes in like seven years or whatever? Oh, yeah. Chase Daniel has made, what is it, close to $100 million in the NFL, and he's started like three games. So would you rather be that guy, make the money, and never start? Or would you rather be the guy who makes money but also has to start and usually for a losing team. Like Colt McCoy has been in and out. Like good for him for still playing. But like he's been around for quite a bit and he's gotten a fair amount of starting opportunities. He's never going to be your main franchise guy. Like we've known that ever since he started. But which would you rather be? Would you like Sounds the like TV? Would you like the Chase TV Daniel time? has a Chase Daniel has a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, would you rather like the TV time and the playing time? Or would you rather just sit there, pull the Alex Moran Blue Mountain State, and just make all the money, not do anything? I was just gonna say Blue Mountain. That sounds like some Blue Mountain State shit. Like, like I'm trying to be second string. Third string's weird as hell. I don't want to play. 
Like I, exactly. I would want to play. I would want the playing time. I, I agree. I, I, you don't get to that point in life or in any sport without wanting the ball. But God, that's a cushy gig. Yeah. They're almost the same age to the day. They're they're four days. They were born four days apart. I mean, this was a Big 12 just matchup. It was fun to watch, like, Texas and Missouri, like, battle it out. Oh, yeah. When they were in college. Chase Daniels has made $20 more million. He made twice as much as Cole McCoy, though. That's wild. It shows you what hard work does. Apparently nothing. Yeah, I think somebody should go after Bo Levi Mitchell out of the Canadian League. Chad Kelly just got signed to the Canadian League again. Hey, good for him. I still think someone should take a shot on him. Like, just I'm surprised with his uh, with his drunken arrest that Canada allowed him in. I think it's DUIs. Not just it is to you wise, not drunken arrest, breaking and entering. Yeah, that's totally cool in Canada. <clears throat> that's like that's like one of the guys. Kind of, you know, I was watching that documentary on Swag Kelly like a week ago. It's like, damn, if he didn't have that attitude problem and he actually stayed focused, he could have been. I mean, I guess that's what Matt Corral is now, right? Who the hell made a documentary about Chad Kelly? Yeah, and what prompted uh, you to watch it last week? Yeah. And I don't know, man. Chad Kelly is not as good as Matt Corral. Nowhere close. <clears throat> I don't know. I was uh, just like, what is it? It was on. Uh, it was on my recommended feed on YouTube, and it was just talking about all the BS problems he had at Clemson and everything. But I was just thinking, damn, if he actually, you know, Matt Corral is like. I think my sister said it best. He was like, yeah, he went from sucking and all he wanted to do was fight to being a Heisman contender. And I was just thinking, damn, if, like, Chad Kelly, like, had because he was, like, pretty talented out of high school. Like, if he actually didn't, you know, get drunk and want to fight everybody and have a horrible attitude problems, think of what he could have done at Clemson, you know what I mean? Or try to shoot everybody outside of TGI Friday. I mean, if it weren't for all those, you know, quarterbacks at Clemson <laughs> before him, was it Watson at that point? Wasn't Taj Boyd. I feel like that was too early. Well, no, yeah, it was it was Deshaun Watson who, yeah, I think it was because Taj. It was Taj, then Deshaun, and then Trevor Lawrence. Somebody, Trevor Lawrence, and Charlie Whitehead was before. Dude, Charlie Whitehead was in like two thousand eight. The dust before Josh Boyd, or before Taj Boyd. That was quite um, a bit before. Was I in college with Charlie Whitehurst? Yeah, man. That was a long time ago. No one here knows Charlie Whitehurst, but you and me. Charlie Whitehurst, thank you. Uh, he had, he was the he played in the Chargers game two years ago. Good for him, man. Okay, let's do picks. We're... We're straying Let's here, it. and it's uh, it is time for me to go to bed almost. All right, I'm uh, running for office tomorrow. Good for you. Yeah, thanks, man. I really <laughs> hope I lose. You seem uh, not too worried about the campaign trail. 
He's done everything. Yeah, absolutely not. We got uh, Terry McAuliffe over here running for um, running for. Uh, Don't you dare! Running for the concierge <laughs> I will kick you in your game leg. Ooh. All right, we won't we won't say that to people. That's just that's just cruel. Okay, picks. Uh, I've actually gone ahead and written mine down again, Alex. It looks like you've put yours out here for all of us to see. So why don't you kick it off this week? Yeah, so I'm going to start off with my three college, then go to my three pro. Uh, I've got the Canes, Miami, minus two at Florida State. Rivalry game, half-ass you sucks. Miami's found a quarterback. Let's go. Uh, Big game of the week. I'm taking Georgia. You know what? I will lay 20 against Tennessee. That is how good I think Georgia is and how bad I think Tennessee is. Um, even though Tennessee could week last week. Last one, and I hate picking three favorites, I'm taking Notre Dame, which is the one that I know I'm going to lose, minus four and a half at UVA. Uh, UVA gave up 66 points the other day. Notre Dame pretty good. I'll lay the four and a half on the road. Um, Moving to the NFL, good team versus bad team. Cardinals, minus 10, lay the double digits at home uh, for Arizona. I've got the Browns plus one at the Patriots. To me, if it's plus one, who the hell is going to win? Let's go Browns. And Bill's got a rebound. This is they're just gonna. Bills minus 13 at the Jets. Because who the hell is going to start a quarterback for the Jets? Bo? Hey, I, I always worry making these picks when you and I are aligned a little Oh, bit. God. <laughs> but I, I, starting in the NFL, because I suck at college, I like your Buffalo pick a lot. I actually like it so much. I'm, I'm going to double down. I'm not only going to take Buffalo laying 13. I'm also going to take the over in that game at 47 and a half. Then Cleveland. I like your Cleveland pick, but I'm not going to take that one just so we can be a little different. I'm going to take the under in that game. It's 44 and a half is the over under there. I'm also going to take the Chargers minus two and a half against Minnesota. And then give me Kansas City. They're playing at Las Vegas. And they're only favored by two and a half. We've already talked on this show about all the problems in Vegas. Yeah, that's an easy, easy pick. Going to college. I got to agree with you with Georgia. Georgia's been absolutely rolling, even 20 points. (laughs) Give it to me. Georgia minus 20. Then I'm taking Auburn minus five and a half. I know you guys probably won't take it because you're all Auburn fans and then maybe you can't do that, but I like that game a lot, especially at home against Mississippi State. Auburn's look good, so minus five and a half there. And then the last one is UConn at Clemson. Clemson's favored by 40 and a half, and the over-under there is 49 and a half. So give me the over in that one. I don't like the over. I like Clemson minus 40 and a half, but I don't How like the over. I like both of them. 
The no. odds there are 44 and a half, 44 and a quarter to four and a quarter. How can you possibly like Clemson and not also like the over? I don't like. I, think I don't think UConn scores, man. No, it's it's going to be forty-two to three. If UConn hits a field goal, the over crushes. This is easy. That might easy be wishful over. thinking, Bo. Sadly, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, UConn's one and eight. They've got one W on the on the board. So give me give me Clemson. T Rob, did you see that they over. pulled the uh UMass Maine game off the board? Because all the money was going on Maine. Oh no. <laughs> give it to them. Uh all right, I'll go next. I would like to take uh an obscure game. I like Tulsa minus three at Tulane. Tulane falling off a little bit since that Oklahoma game early in the year. I would like Kentucky to bounce back and beat uh, Vandy minus 21 at Vandy. It is pretty much more of just like a scrimmage when you play at Vandy. There will be absolutely no atmosphere. It's like playing in front of the patrons in a Walmart. And then the last one... I saw it at two and a half, but if Alex saw it at two, I'm taking it at two. Miami minus two against Florida State. What should be such a big rivalry game every year, and that's kind of what scares me about it. It's in Tallahassee. Not huge about that, but FSU-Miami interesting most years. Uh, But I still think Miami gets them. And then to the NFL, I don't even know why I picked these anymore. Um So I'm going to go with a new strategy for the NFL and just pick exactly what I don't want to happen. So at least I can save myself in some way. And I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens minus 7.5 over the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night. And I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans minus 3 over the New Orleans Saints. I think that one will actually hit. Um, actually, I think both of those are going to hit. The Dolphins suck. Dolphins are playing on a short week. Ravens are a lot better than the Dolphins, and the Titans We're right bummed. now are a lot better than the Saints. So, I think those two could hit. Um, uh, yeah, that's my five. Oh, uh, do not put this one on the record, Bo, but the bonus game that I was tempted to take in here, if anyone wants to take my advice, I think this will hit in college. UTSA minus 33 against Southern Miss. Man, I hit the Roadrunners like a bunch this year, but shit, 33. You said it's 33 and a half? Last I saw it was 33. If Bo wants to give it to me at three, yeah. You put that as the official pick right now. Now that's a teaser. A 30-point tease. That's a big teaser. I mean, I don't. I don't think the Roadrunners are going to lose another game. <laughs> I don't think they're going to cover. Hey, Liberty can use the thirty-point tease against Monroe. <laughs> we'll pick the other side then, Matt. <clears throat> I don't know. I got to think about that one. So, what I was going to pick, it's a little early, so I don't have all my picks. Um, but I'll just like I want to pick more than what I have. But so I, I, I'm going to take <laughs> Central Michigan minus three. Penn State. That game's tomorrow. Yep. 
<laughs> yep. Betting Tuesday games on Monday. All right. I think he did that last uh, week too. Yeah, but I won. Last week he picked Thursday games on Saturday. Yeah, That's that awesome. was so good. I, I thought I switched that one though. Like I was like, oh, I didn't know they already played. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I didn't. Honestly, I didn't remember what you switched it to because I didn't have it in writing. Oh, all right. <clears throat> I, I, I think it was like a Saints that week, but all right. So, so I, I, think, I think they lost too. So whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Central Michigan minus three. Penn State had a pick them. My, well, I guess it's like a. I think I think it's different. It's shifted now, but Miami minus two and a half, and then Texas Tech uh, plus ten, and then four. I wanted to take the Steelers Lions, but they took that off, so that's too bad. Um, I'll take I'll, I'll lay the Bills thirteen at Jets, and then I'll also take the Ravens Dolphins, or I'll take the Ra- Baltimore minus seven and a half over the Dolphins, and then. Uh, I don't know. I want more college stuff, but I, I'm not ready yet because the lines. I usually get the lines on Tuesday, and today's Monday. So, give him Miami <laughs> minus. Give him Miami <laughs> minus two, since that's where Alex and I took it. Miami minus two, Hurricanes. You, you think you think I can possibly track the lines he's throwing around around here? That's why I wanted to make it clear because if we ever do get back to where we have the records figured out and we are putting them on a, oh, we got a, them figured on a graphic. Um, I don't want people to have multiple on there. Um, we got we got the records figured, and Auburn Matt is distinctly in last place. Oh, okay, so no, I did pretty good. well last week, though. So. Well, you didn't do well enough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were way back going into the week. Okay. Yeah, I was. <clears throat> the last thing I want to say before we get into dumb question of the week is something I'm excited for this week is the start of college basketball. Uh, we've mentioned we're recording this on Monday. We get guys. We get like Duke, Kentucky tomorrow night, like Tuesday the ninth. Uh, Ole Miss opens up. Auburn opens up. You know, pretty much everyone opening up Tuesday night. November 9th, like, that's going to be fun. We're not going to talk a lot about college basketball, but I just want to acknowledge that uh, tips off tomorrow. Very excited about it. So I think it's about time for us to get out of here with the dumb question of the week. So, Alex, you wrote it for us again this week. I'll let you lead us in. All right, thank you. So I think a lot of people – who listen to the show and I know a lot of people who are on this show watch Yellowstone and I'm not spoiling a lot about the two hour season premiere from last night, but Rip killed a guy with a rattlesnake in a cooler. It was one of the, it was one of the most badass things I've ever seen in my life. And that leads me into our dumb question, but Rob, you know who also killed it like Rip, killing a guy with a rattlesnake? Um, that guy also in Yellowstone who got shot on the toilet. Oh yeah, that guy. That guy died horribly. Not my answer. But but that would have been um, Casey who killed him or not? Yeah, no. Yeah, Casey killed that guy. But you know who kills it on a daily basis is Blockfields. 
Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Good call. I, I meant you to. Want, I meant if to you pr- want to kill it, like the, like the star of Yellowstone, who was uh, Cole Hauser was voted or was the sexiest man alive or whatever a couple years ago. If you want to be that in cryptocurrency, and you want to kill the competition by throwing a rattlesnake of crypto right into somebody's face out of a cooler, use Blockfills. Go to Blockfills.com. Great friends of the show. But back to our dumb question of the week. That was one of the coolest things I ever saw. So, guys, I'm going to ask you, in your opinion, what is the most badass killing in cinematic history? If I can go first. All right. Inglorious Bastards, Bear Jew, kills a guy with a baseball bat. And the, the lead up to that is just intense. I'd say that's for one person. <clears throat> and in the same movie, they burn down the movie theater. That's like probably one of the best ways to kill like a ton of people because it's, you know, fire in a movie theater is probably one of the scariest things. It's like you can't get out and everything in there is like flammable as hell. That's just horrific. Yep. So that was pretty cool. It doesn't make you feel good about things. Well, it's badass. He like killed a bad guy with a baseball bat. Like, come on, bro. You you seen the movie? That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they shot up Hitler's face like with a machine gun. So I think uh, what is it? Almost any like Quentin Tarantino movie, you can just be like, yeah, just pick a scene out of there for the for badass killings. Yeah, I agree with that. So so for mine, I actually. I actually had a Tarantino. The the path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. Pulp Fiction is definitely the most badass killing in cinematic history right there at the beginning. He's got a quote. They got that whole buildup with the, the just talking about burgers, and then they're doing the thing with the box. Anyway, you catch my drift. But. I was going to go with That's one where the person was killed, but I think the actual death of it was more badass than the killing. And I was going to say landfill in Beer Fest. Oh, yeah. When he has to, uh, when he tries to drink himself out of the beer. 100 gallon vat of beer. Yeah, and he, he made his way down there. Um, <clears throat> honorable mention the gasoline fight in Zoolander. <laughs> wow. Oh, that won't come in, but that's good. That, wow. You went a totally different direction than I thought you would on that one. That's Yeah, I think everyone can tell what type of movies I usually stick to watching. I'm going to go with two from the TV world. Honorable mention goes to Sansa Stark. Uh, for killing Ramsey Bolton by having his own dogs eat him and just walking out like a G. 
Um, this is going to show my nerd side even more. And Rob, I know you are the only one who is going to appreciate this, but it's from Stargate SG one. And it was Teal in like the last season of Stargate. And he got this, uh, you know, traitor that he's dealing with and he shoves a grenade inside of this dude's stomach and he turns around and the guy's like impaled on the wall and he's like where what are you doing and he's like i am leaving you are about to explode and as he walks off the dude just goes and just explodes with a grenade in his stomach that to me was one of the funniest, most badass things. Like not even lo- looking back, you blew up a dude and just walked it off after saying, "I'm leaving. You're about to explode." That was a badass moment for me. Yeah, I mean, I'd still put honorable mention as going back to Yellowstone. So much happens in Yellowstone, like those Asians falling off that cliff. Uh, when the that bear- wasn't badass though. I mean, unless. Oh, him shooting the bear? No, the bear scaring those Asians off that cliff. That was pretty badass. (laughs) Pretty badass, but I guess it depends on how pro bear you are. Um, But also, uh, also, Casey shooting that guy on the toilet while he was reading the newspaper. Um, Like uh, Pierce Brosnan in Goldeneye when he strangles the guy on the toilet at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's a solid one. Anyone where someone gets strangled on the toilet from the ceiling, like, that's usually a pretty good one. Oh, they get power. Who does number two work for? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Buddy, you're going to blow it <laughs> over, get through this to... Tom Arnold was the best part of that scene. But uh, take it easy there, buddy. You're going to drop a lung, blow an O-ring. Um, very obscure James Bond reference, um, and I don't think it was Blofeld, but it was For Your Eyes Only at the very beginning of the movie. When he drops him into the chimney? Yeah, Roger Moore picks up a guy with a helicopter and drops him into, like, the nuclear plant through the chimney or whatever. (laughs) It's like the iron mill. There's gotta be some other, like, absolutely hilarious ones. Um, didn't someone die in, like, a smelting accident in, like, Rudy? Dude. Yeah, I remember that. That's fucked up. Yeah, that one. Rudy was offside, by the way, but nobody called it. I just had to get another Dame shot in somewhere. There's, there's a channel at the University of Notre Dame. Like, if you're on campus there, there's a channel there that just plays Rudy on a loop. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Yeah, I don't like Notre Dame, so hopefully I never get to see that shit. I hope that I don't ever have to watch Notre Dame public access TV. (laughs) He's actually not real popular on campus, though. Apparently he's kind of a jerk. Who, Rudy is? Allegedly, yeah. Eh, whatever. What he lacks in size, he makes up for in obnoxiousness. The more you know. Okay, that's it. It is late here. Monday night recording sessions is something new to me, and I think it's time for all of us to go to bed. Maybe over Matt's an hour behind the other three of us, but 
it's still pretty late there, too. It is 11 p.m. here as we're finishing this up. So does anyone have any closing words? Because I'm, I'm done. Well, I don't think Auburn Matt ever finished telling his story at the beginning. He might have more. I think we're cutting this into I'll two say, episodes again. Rob, I, I have Rob, I have one question. Uh, have you been keeping track of fantasy? Because if Chase Claypool goes off right now, you can have your first one of the year. Yeah, I've actually been texting you during the show. Oh, I had you on Do Not Disturb. Of course. <laughs> well, you're already talking to me, so why would you need me to be on Good. disturb mode? Pat, career move, two touchdowns is going to win me a couple of games this week. Good for you, man. Yeah. All right. I don't think anyone has some closing words. We will catch part two of Oliver Matt's trip next week. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Tales from the tailgate. Good night, everybody. Have a good week. Good luck. Mm-hmm.